Hi, this is Dee Wallace from ET and Cujo and the Howling, and you're watching Kill the Cast. But you know, Al, if you're gonna scare the tool man, you gotta do a better job than that, all right? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kill the Cast. Merry fucking Christmas. My name is Jerry, and with me, as always, is the ever quotable Jay. Did I do that? <laughs> and I don't have any kind of impression for Roseanne. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also <laughs> joining us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> he is dying. He ate a giant container of the stuff. Ugh, right? Ah, oh, terrible movie, kidding. terrible taste. Oh, um, man, fuck you. I like this stuff. I know. You and Jerry both do. I like your stuff. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go over here and call it like the greatest movie ever, but I do enjoy the movie. Yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, one of you guys watching a video there? <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> all right, so Jay, what have you been doing this week? Uh, I got a new tattoo today. Before we uh, before we started recording, that's probably the most major thing. I saw that. Uh, you want to tell the people? So it is the number to the suicide prevention hotline. It's cool, uh, Tattoo. Because of my battle with, with mental illness. Kind of just a representation of you're never alone without actually writing stupid words like you're never alone or other Instagram quotes. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to come up to him and be like, oh shit, is that that Logic song? <laughs> Probably, Which, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they technically wouldn't be wrong, but <laughs> that's true. And I do like that logic song. And then I'm gonna be like, no, no, no. It's actually the number to my favorite sex line. <laughs> you should give him a call. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Um, besides Just that, hand I him watched the, hand him <laughs> yeah. our Puppet Master episode. Here you go. This explains everything. Yeah. I don't uh, know besides... if you can tell by my silence where I was actually contemplating that. <laughs> that might be a good place to pick up chicks. <laughs> oh man uh besides that i watched a few horror movies i watched uh better watch out which was fantastic that I had agree. a great twist uh great christmas horror movie kind of turns the home invasion uh movie on its head which was nice uh fairly original i watched santa slay which i've talked about a couple times on the show before i love i watched the strangers for the first time that was pretty good um, and then I watched Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Now I want to know in further depth what you thought about The Strangers. Mm, that might have to be a show. <laughs> yeah, because I really, I really want to know. Because I, I really enjoyed that movie myself. It was good. It's not going to hit my top ten anytime soon, but it was good. I, I can feel that. All right. So, Kenneth, what have you been up to besides dying, obviously? Yeah, don't die. Shit, working my ass off, probably like you guys are doing. Damn, holiday season. Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah, it was like almost 13 hours for me today. Uh, you know, other than that, I binge watching Game of Thrones really, really hard. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Jerry. And I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean that literally. <laughs> Thank you, it's Jerry. It's such a that, good show. It's so good, man. It is, I, see, I keep telling you, Dave Z. <laughs> Uh, Daisy said he might watch it when he saw the when he saw Daenerys naked. That's well, you get that in like the first two episodes, so exactly. Come on, and then by then he'll be hooked. Exactly. Um, and as for me, 
not much much personal family shit work and uh, oh i got my suspiria steel case in today i'm yeah, super excited yeah small to... video of that in the group for any of you that want to check that out yeah yeah i recorded like a really small video on my phone just to kind of upload cast my cat really wanted to get in that box so I, I just had to get it open he would not allow me time to set up proper cameras so oh yeah well that's it and uh, i was also uh we had don from the horror mafia on last episode and the episode where i went on to the horror mafia just came out we reviewed ice cream man the abominable snowman and jack frost yeah jack frost and, that movie and uh, that that episode is fucking hilarious and super offensive so go check that out other than that i think it's time we got into this first of all it's christmas time so you know we're doing our halloween sitcoms for christmas but yeah we are also doing presents we are exchanging presents, presents. so wh- who wants to go first who wants to open presents first uh i don't care i have no preference okay it doesn't bother me either Neither one of you have preference, so Jay, you know what? I think you ordered first, so you get to open first. Okay, that's fair. All right, I got Jerry's here. Uh, I know which ones they are because Kenneth is a very odd size, and Jerry's is the right size for a movie, and Jerry showed up first, so that's the only reason I know whose is, is whose. Jesus Christ, Kenneth, what did you do? Why is it odd-shaped? Uh, it feels like it could be porn, but who knows? I mean, it's got a weird penis shape to it, so... It would not uh, let's surprise see, me if it was if it was sexually related, knowing that it came from Kenneth. <laughs> I asked him, he said, I think you really like it. I was like, is it porn? It's, it's the script, it's the script for Toxic Avenger fucking Angela. I do love you, Jerry. I really do. Uh, alright, let's see. This one's Jerry. And we have... The Void on Blu-ray! Such a fucking amazing movie. Me and Jerry both love this so much. That is awesome. Does your note say anything? Nope, it's just a... <laughs> it's a gift receipt. What? The, there should be a... It didn't write the note? Nope, there is no... Well, maybe. Let me look inside. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. There's a note in here. Oh, there's there a note. Go. Okay. Hi, Jay. Enjoy your gift from Jerry Herring. Better to open this before the show. Support independent horror. <laughs> Mine didn't have uh, notes because I'm not as cool as y'all, so don't be looking for one. Well, oh, okay. you you both have notes. Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure you both have notes. Um, that's awesome. Funny thing is I did actually open the package but was able to not look at the thing. I was like, why do I have a fucking package from Amazon? I don't remember ordering anything. And then as soon as I ripped it away, oh, wait, this is probably from Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so uh, I, didn't look at, I didn't look inside, but I, I did accidentally open it. I had Reese check all my shit. I was like, here, make sure this shit's not broken. That's probably a good thing. I think we all had a fucked up experience with our packages that we got because both of yours came for me at the same time of something that I ordered. So I'm sitting there holding three packages. You're like, and I'm which like, one? Yeah, I'm like, which one is the one? Hello, I Kenneth. I'd like to play a game. <laughs> I was about to make that joke. Oh, my God. Uh, that's funny. I don't know why it's, it says from the executive producer of The Witch. That would actually make me avoid it if I had not seen it before. You would so, avoid terrible. the void? <laughs> and the Noid, because I like pizza. Uh, fucking Noid. Why is there not a horror movie for the Noid? I don't know. There's that horrible video game. Yeah, but we could do like a hipster horror movie. I don't know. All, All right, right, let me open in this package. Like, 
I have a couple comic books on there. I, I don't know. Dick. We'll see what's. We'll see. It's not a dick. It feels like a book, but you it's said not a it dick. was shaped like a dick. I was joking. Come on now. <laughs> All right. It is. Oh, it's the Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Uh, because I got what? crazy one night. Yeah, I got I put it on my wish list. I got crazy one night. I was like, I want to read that book that he's writing in uh, in Dragon, a Bruce Lee story. And so I threw it on my wish list. It'll teach me how to kick ass with Kung Fu. Jeet Kune Do. But yeah, man, I wanted to get you something that was a little bit off the mark. It is off the mark, but it's really cool. This thing's fucking huge, too. Did he draw these drawings? Yeah. That's awesome. I don't speak Chinese, though. There's a bunch do, of. Well, do you read Chinese? No. There's uh, a bunch of. Okay, I was just but he, wait, here's the cool thing. I want to actually. I want to see this here. Uh, you guys go ahead and open yours, and then I'll get back to you. But mm. my phone has the ability to translate text uh, by taking a picture of it. That's cool. And right. so I want to see if it's going to work on these uh, these scribbles here. Fair enough. Well, Kenneth, why don't you go? Okay, okay. All right. So I don't know whose is whose. Well, so I'm just going to open the one that's on top. Damn, that was packaged really well. Let's see what we got here. What we got? The Devil's Candy. Nice. That is for me. Merry Christmas. Hi, Kenneth. Enjoy your gift from Jerry Herring. You have uh, you. You better have waited till till the show to open this. Support independent horror. This <laughs> yeah, my whole thing. I, I wanted to get y'all what y'all really liked this year for independent horror. So I was like, well, I got to get Jay the Void and I got to get Kenneth Devil's Candy because they both really like those movies. They're, they're newer movies, which, you know, you would not expect me to give you newer movies because I'm, I'm such a old school, like I always do the old school shit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw them a curveball. I'm going to get them independent horror movies from this year that they liked on Blu-ray. Well, that was awesome. My gifts had no theme. <laughs> commentary with director Sean Byrne behind the scenes visual effects advantage Satan short film what visual effects are they going to tell you why the the fire looked kind of shitty at the end of the movie I don't know but I fucking <laughs> love this movie so thank you very much dude this movie you great. are welcome sweetie all right there we go with number two for my second boyfriend that's right, Jay. You're the second boyfriend. I'm on top. That's fine. You're you're Fuck not. Fuck yeah. Oh, He's known you longer. He got me the lawnmower, man. <laughs> oh shit, the Scream Factory one. Yeah, yeah the collector's edition. Nice. Oh snap. You Does it have a sleeve? I know it's not guaranteed when it's this far out, but I was just curious. Yes, it does. Ha <laughs> ha! Lucky you. Merry Christmas, you beautiful bearded bastard. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Last year, I was a greasy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. You are nice. quite welcome. Well, here I go. Uh, I think this this is from Kenneth. So let me look. And it's the host. Hell yeah. I love the fucking host. The Korean movie. Um, I figured. Korean monster movie. I'm pretty there sure. There is, however, a thriller called The Host with Niles from fucking Frasier that's also pretty good. And and yet oh, again, that was... movie is fucking awesome about the or the, the perfect host or something. Yeah, that, like it's that. the perfect host. I love that movie. I've seen that. Um, but yeah, uh, it was another one of those things where I was like, I was going through your wish list, and I'm like, hmm. And I came across that, and I was like, that's one of the movies that 
you know, Jerry didn't know whether I was going to like it or not. And he made me watch it. And I fucking loved it. Me and you've had so many conversations about that movie. So I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna get this for him. I can't believe you don't have it. Yeah. I actually really want to review the host. And oh I yeah. Was, we I should do it. it. That should be fun. Cause and I, I want to bring, um, uh, Charlene on for it. She's in France and she likes, she has a thing for Korean boys. So <laughs> it would be super fun. Uh, yeah, I fucking love the host. Thank you very much, Kenneth. All right. Now, Jays. All right. A gift for you. It's extra. Don't complain. <laughs> Why would I complain? Oh, because you said a limit, and I went over the limit for both of you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so, actually, so there should be two in there. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Watch this instead of the sitcom Halloween <laughs> episodes. It's humanoids from the deep. Nice. Oh my god! And the other one is actually Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Oh man, I can't. I what? I really want it. One of the biggest reasons I wanted this is there's a commentary on this version that actually has Adam Green and Joe Lynch doing really? the commentary. Yes. That's cool. Um, and their commentaries are fucking hilarious i am super stoked about humanoids in the deep also because i love when when fish kill humans and then fuck them yes uh the killing comes after the fucking uh well you know i mean you can do it either way but uh or it's a mix they they kill one of the humans and then they fuck the other one and that's how life happens so uh, so for the record for everyone's listening i got the host from kenneth and i got humanoids from the deep and Friday the 13th, the final chapter, all Blu-ray from Jay. Jay, what did you get again? I have The Void on Blu-ray from you, sir. And I have The Tao of Jeet Kune Do Expanded Edition from Kenneth. This is actually a really nice, this is like a good coffee table book. Well, I hope you read it after you, while you're drinking the coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'm just saying like the size of it and like his you. young ass face on it. But uh, I will definitely give it a read. Uh, I won't be able to understand half of it, but I will give it a read. And Kenneth? I got the Lawnmower Man, just uh, Screen Factory Collector's Edition, Blu-ray from Jay, and I've got The Devil's Candy on Blu-ray from Jerry. I would say we all did very good. We were very successful. I think Jay wins because I think Jay went a little bit extra on both of us. Oh, I had a little extra money, and I love you guys, and I just... uh... Yeah, it only came up to actually both of yours were about twenty two bucks on the money, and so ended up only being an extra two bucks to give you an extra movie and to give him something a little higher quality. So that's dope, Kenneth. Are you like eating like fucking nachos over there? What are you doing? <laughs> it does kind of. Are you like unwrapping your? Nachos. You're unwrapping your movies. He's aren't opening you? his movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. exactly uh, what I'm doing. Would you uh, stop that, that shit? Too. We can hear that. It sounds like but you're bo- jerking off with Christmas paper. <laughs> oh, that's it's, it, it is the season. Um, Don't but say no, it, it's the it's season bothering me because yeah, I just mine's open now too. <laughs> oh it's bother God. it's bothering me that the, uh, the the Blu-rays are loose inside the fucking thing. Oh no, both oh. of them were really both of them. Come on, Amazon, yeah. get your shit together. And I'm Blu-rays. also uh, and I'm also turning over the. Uh, the the artwork for the devil's candy because i like the inside better than the outside ah fair enough well all right well with that being said we can now get into our next endeavor 
round three of the birthday year bash tournament. Who went first last time? Jay? Um, Kenneth? I don't remember who went first. I don't, I don't know who, I don't remember. I don't fucking care. Oh, wait, I've, go. got to, I've got to point out the winners, which is 100% Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do we even need to discuss it we knew who was gonna win yeah you know what but we need we need to you know what we did it for me i got to gloat so let's let jay gloat let me let me find this this fucking poll in the facebook group because i forgot about <laughs> it because i was losing i don't even think he needs to gloat we knew he was gonna win yeah, that's know. that's true. But I knew, but Jerry didn't know. I knew you were gonna win, even against mine. I knew you were gonna win. I knew Jerry was gonna lose horribly to both of us. I still can't believe I lost. I can. I totally I can. I don't. I just don't understand. Like, I thought everyone liked Halloween Four. I thought that was like now they, a hidden gem. They liking it, and not liking mine more is different. All right, well, here we go. In last place, Halloween 4 with a total of six votes. In second place, Kenneth Christine with 12 votes. And Kenneth, I mean, not Kenneth, Jay in first place with 22 votes, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So congratulations, Jay. You won. Yeah. I'm the best. I'm still pissed. Okay. But with that being said, you know what time it is. It's 538. That's no, it's that's not. Well, Jerry. What? What you what are you throwing out there? You're going first. I you know what? I I am throwing out for round three. Friday the thirteenth. Part seven, the new beginning, the first appearance of of Kane Hodder as Jason, the movie that is called Jason vs. Carrie. We are talking the one movie in the franchise that got fucked over by the MPAA more than any other movie. The movie that the fans want the unrated cut so bad, we would probably be willing to blow Jason's Rudy corpse dick to get it. This is the new beginning. This is a, a fan favorite. It is my favorite looking Jason for zombie Jason. I think it's the it's best. It's my favorite movie. It is it's... Kenneth's favorite Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. This movie, while suffering from a lot of uh, quick cuts from the gore, uh, being really held down by the MPAA, Makes up for it in storyline and makes up for it in an awesome, fucking awesome ending fight scene. Fucking ending chase. This was an ending fight scene. This made us realize that Kane Hodder is the best zombie Jason, period. There is no one else who can do it like him. He brought a, a new level of acting to the Jason Voorhees character. The mask was awesome. When you see Jason come out of the water and you see his back and you can see his spine and shit and it's kind of curvy. Oh my God, it's awesome. I cannot praise this movie enough. This is way better than Jason Lives. It's way better than Jason Takes Manhattan. Obviously, it's better than 9. And uh, it's better than 10. This is the best out of the second half of the series because I split the series 1 through 5 and then uh, 6 through 10. And... I just, I just think that 
with me losing last round, I had to. He, I, he brought an icon and destroyed it. I brought an icon and no one gave a shit. So this time, I was gonna make you motherfuckers stand at attention for Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven: A New Beginning. Not a new beginning. That's the well, yeah, a new beginning. Right? What the fuck am I talking about? This is the new blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I'm waiting on you to get it right. It's a new beginning for me because the new blood is here to win this round for me. So suck it, nerds. All right, Jay, what do you got? Oh, man, this is actually going to be really good because I'm also bringing my favorite Friday 13th movie. Fuck. <laughs> and it's probably your favorite of the first half. And it's Friday thirteenth, the final chapter. God damn it! The first movie in the Tommy Chronicles. I don't even need to say anything. Ah oh <laughs> oh, man, and you know what's I mean, funny is I, I'd actually planned on that before you even said yours, but it just is so much more perfect that you chose oh. a fucking Friday thirteenth movie oh. as well. Oh man, that is it's my all time favorite uh, Friday thirteenth movie. It introduces Tommy, who's an awesome character, and hangs around for three more movies, two more movies. I can't talk. And it's just, oh, it's so good. So much. So how about that Family Matters sitcom? (laughs) God damn it, man. And I just want to to take down two in a row before I start running out of movies. He's trying to solidify himself. (laughs) Well, now this is making me rethink my pick, but... No, you can't rethink. I'm just kidding. I I, I, I mean... I still want to save mine for 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 a later battle. So, but like I said, I really don't need to say anything. I mean, you know, you've got my favorite Jason movie, and then you've got, even though it's not my favorite, it's the second. But to me, it's still one of the top tier best in the franchise. So, I mean, there's 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 really no point in me even saying anything. That's no, what's your fucking movie? If I gotta lose, you gotta lose with me. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna throw out there, and this is the, the, this has got a lot more, you know, personal to me. But I'm going with Cujo. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Bad I mean, because it. yeah, I mean, because Cujo, man, I mean, uh, to me, I think it was done. I think it was done really well. It followed the book pretty good, except for the ending, and they left out a couple of other things that probably wouldn't have done done well in the movie i think the ending would have been cooler if they had done the ending like the book um and you know my movie definitely inspired a lot of fear from people not just against saint bernard's but dogs in general especially out in the country i mean to me i i think that the way i look at cujo is i look at cujo is jaws on land you know it made it made people terrified to go to somebody's house and when a dog comes out man nothing knowing anything about it i mean or if you go outside and and you live in the country like i do man and you see a dog just come strolling up that you've never seen before that should scare the shit out of you man no not me i love animals shit Shit. dude in the south Uh uh-uh dude i don't i've never been to and i've never lived in the south so that might be a different story but there's a lot of people in the south who have dogs that live outside half dogs Purely for protection, have dogs that are very mean and very angry dogs. 
Like that is a common thing in the South. I don't know many people who have lived in like the country parts of the South who have not like had to full on run away from a dog that they had. Oh no yeah, dude, totally. Shown up. Yeah, because out here in the damn sticks, man, those laws against people having vicious dogs don't mean shit. Yeah, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, you know what bump we're gonna use now for for the opening of this episode, right? No, what? The D Wallace bumper. Oh yeah, I was just about to... shit. Yeah, I was just about to actually go into that, and I was going, you know, it's got fucking D Wallace in it, man. Yeah, she told me that the dog was treated better than all the actors on the set. That makes sense. I can imagine so. Also, there's a great picture that Reese has where that she got D Wallace to sign. That's uh, D Wallace and someone in a Saint Bernard dog costume on set, and it was like her D Wallace's personal picture. Nice. You know what's crazy about that is when they were filming that movie, it actually was during the winter. Yeah, but man, oh man, they pulled it off great. That movie is awesome, and and you know what, Kenneth, maybe you're gonna, maybe people are gonna be like, oh, two Jasons, fuck this. 2017's been the year of Stephen King. We're going for Cujo. I've no, even dude. More fucked. Is it, no. Are you gonna vote? I, I, are you gonna even, vote for it, mine? Not, well, when it comes down to it, man, I mean, I'm obviously I'm going to vote for mine, but um, when it, dude, me and you both are fucked. Yeah, we really are. This is bullshit. Yay. I thought I, mean, Coo- I, thought I was a great movie. Clinch. After this movie, I've got one really good, maybe guaranteed win, and then I'm left with shit. So I had to, I had to sit, I had to nail the second victory so that when you guys get to your lower tier stuff, I might have a chance. I needed to make sure that I won when you had your higher tier stuff. See, the funny thing is, is I have I won't even get to my lower tier stuff. Yeah, well, you are a lucky son of a bitch. Like after this, I've got like hey, Gremlins, Children of the Corn, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then I'm pretty much fucking, out of fucking dude, movies. I can't believe you on the Christmas episode you didn't bring Silent Night, Deadly Night because it's not. I don't know. I just wanted to go dude, hard, but everyone's watched it this month. Everyone's been loving it. Talk about how good it actually is. Oh, it don't matter, dude. He fucking pulled out Friday the 13th 4. Look, I know. I'm just grasping. got Firestarter. That's good, I guess. I mean, you know, at this current moment, it don't matter what we do. That is the number one next to part two. Love yeah, Friday the 13th movies. This number four is one of the most common number one pick Friday the 13th movies. So that's going to be really hard. But... Here's what I have that y'all don't have. I have Godzilla I, 1985. I will f- fucking wait 1985. That's, that's the Return of Godzilla. Oh the yeah, pictures, that was that was. It says the Return 1984 of 1984 in Japan. It says the Return of Godzilla, and then the poster says Godzilla 1985. So yeah. I'm assuming that's an American thing. Yeah, the, the original was 1984. It was just called the Return of Godzilla. But I've got on my behalf Brandon from Exploding Heads. Also known as the new Brandon is a big New Blood fan. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him up and I'm gonna get him to rally the troops for me. No, 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 that's not gonna work because mine is just better. That's what you said about Shut fucking Halloween, and you still lost to a movie you hate. I was trying to go the hipster route there and it didn't work, so now I'm going the Jewish route. <laughs> uh, and see that you know, and that's the bad thing about it. But also, if you listen to a lot of the other podcasts out there or whatever. People don't like part seven as much as they like part four. You know, I've actually had to defend part seven to more than one person. 
You know, so people love part four. Yeah, well, you know, Jay, when Jay picked this one, I mean, you know, he was just like, here you go, guys. I've got a huge dick. There you go. Pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm not upset. compensating for nothing. Here it is. And we'll just fucking plopped it out on the table. <laughs> All right. So guys in the group in a couple of days after this episode's release, you will have the poll up. Please, please, please vote for me. Don't vote for Jerry. Vote for the movie you like the most. Fuck so clearly you. me. So without further ado, let's get into our first episode for our Halloween sitcoms for Christmas. We are going into Family Matters Dog Day Afternoon. Not so good. I couldn't find my sign. <laughs> well, what can I do for you, Steve? Oh, it's paycheck cashing time again, Moolah, Moolah. Steve. I put the bucks in my account and watch the Moolah grow. Steve! Watch the Moolah grow. Huh? Thank you. Making me feel better for not having children. Everyone, this is Dog Day Halloween for Family Matters Season 2, Episode 7. It aired on October 26, 1990. Steve learns a painful lesson when he tries to make good on his fantasy of saving Laura while both of them are held hostage during a bank robbery on Halloween. You know so, what? Oh, this, okay. right out the gate. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this, I'm, I was just gonna say this reminds. He's me just of mad at I, it. He's like, you know what? <laughs> this fucking show. When I was show. young, dude, dude, I, 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 I loved. That was the thing that I looked forward to all week was TGIF, man. You know, w- watching Family Matters and damn Step by Step and other shows like that. It was awesome. I miss shit like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I miss watching sitcoms. I used to watch TBS a lot. Right. You know, and that's, you know, primarily where I would watch Roseanne growing up. I'd watch wrestling. I would watch. They used to have this. Um, they used to have this show and I don't remember what it was called, but it, like the it would they would show a movie and they would cook something while they were doing it. And I just remember that theme song. Peas and cornbread. Oh, I, don't I know, know what you're talking saying. about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm drawing a blank. Dun, 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 peas and cornbread. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. I'm pretty sure that was TBS. That wasn't USA, right? It was TBS. I think it was TBS, but I'm not. I'm not sure. But growing, it had to have been because when I was growing up, I didn't have cable for a lot of time. So and okay. USA was on cable. But uh, damn, uh, what what channel fucking always aired Fresh Prince? Uh, it was for the WTBS programmer program dinner and a movie, so TBS sounds about right. No, and I and I used to catch uh, I used to catch fucking episodes of Blossom. Did you ever? Did either one of y'all ever watch Blossom? No. Uh, a few episodes, but it wasn't one that I actually watched. I watched it because other people were watching it. Yeah, I used to watch that. Saved by the Bell, all that crazy shit. Mr. Belvedere, y'all, you two might be. Well, Jay, you might I, remember Mr. I Belvedere. I know Mr. Belvedere. I never watched it. I just know of it. I don't even know what he looks like, to be honest with you. Yeah, I figured you might not, Jerry, because you're a little bit younger than me and Jay. 
That's right. So let's get into this episode. We It opens up with Carl having to work on Halloween. He's very upset about this. And uh, Eddie comes out dressed as a Frankenstein monster with his, his white boyfriend who is dressed as Don King. <laughs> what? Did I say something wrong? His white boyfriend. Well, he's white. He's a boy and he is Eddie's friend. I thought that was the Hey, man, Eddie's, Eddie's Frankenstein monster costume was fucking awesome. It yeah, it really was. was. Um, it looked so good, man. Unfortunately, they were talking about uh, needing more eggs, so they all get frisked, and the best part of that is Carl, when Carl smashes the egg, yeah. Yes, and he gets egg on his face, and it was fucking awesome. Carl's a banging detective. Do you notice that? He was like, hmm, just by eyesight. He's like, okay, here's what that is, here's what that is. I'm good to go. Well, yeah, he, he also helped in one of the 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 greatest crimes to ever happen in American history where a, a place called Nakatoma Plaza or some shit like that Nakatomi got taken over by gun-wielding Russians or some shit and some some white guy in there had to had to help he helped some white guy Hans Hans Grimmer Grubber Gruber. Grubber <laughs> helped uh, some guy uh, just stop uh, McLean McLeish <laughs> just um, stop who who they they helped take down a bad guy in this giant plaza on Christmas what I, I didn't don't... get I didn't get any of that right I thought I was pretty on on point I don't know <laughs> I just want to see how bad I could piss Kenneth off <laughs> I fucking hate you sometimes. <laughs> So anyway, so I, I, I one I want to say one of the greatest lines dropped here is the fact that the the grandmother is going to be Betty Davis and whatever happened to Baby Jane. I thought that was awesome because I was like, damn, she's going old school, right? That, that actually made me want to. That actually made me want to watch that movie. I was like, huh, I think I might go home and watch that. But now I'm gonna watch the Lawnmower Man. I get off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to watch it also, honestly. So, uh, with, I, I love how they always set up when Steve comes in. They will always say something so Steve can arrive, like, right on time. And as soon as he walks in, so right before he walks in, they go, we need something to make the place really scary. And then Steve walks in. Yep. And that was, I saw that coming. Peanut brittle snake in a can prank on Carl. Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> so man, so this is early on. This is season two, and yeah. uh, when we see Laura as Tina Turner, Tina Turner, and Steve as Superman, Steve is fucking tiny. Yeah, yes. Like Jesus Christ, my arms are bigger than him, and I've got like the tiniest arms in the world. Man, she was rocking that like, Tina Turner. He's also like fourteen or thirteen, though. Oh, was he? Well, I mean, they're all still in high school. Yeah, that's true. Well, true, but yeah, it's but not the uh, it's not older. quirky uh, genius Steve yet. It's just nerdy, funny Steve. Like he's not inventing time travel and fucking body modification machines just yet. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Later on, in he the hasn't series, made himself crazy. Bruce Lee yet. <laughs> I Steph- fucking love that episode so much. <laughs> or Stefan Urkel. Yeah. Oh my god. So he's he proves how fast he's gonna be by running to all the tellers and they keep closing the sign on him. But he catches one of them, and this episode actually marks a, a landmark thing. Um, this oh. is the first episode in which Urkel sings a song to the tune of Can't Town Races, 
with lyrics he invented. He does this throughout the entire series. And this is the first time he ever does it? Yes, and this is the first time he ever does it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Anyway, he did a very, very good job. Because <laughs> I thought the... Uh, moolah, Yeah, I was kind of dancing along with it when I was watching it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Awesome. Man, I would hate to have Steve as uh, there, though, because he, he put his money in five accounts. He put nine in savings, 11 in interest, seven in RA, R, IRA, four in some other shit, and $1 in cash. His check was only $32. What, did he get a check for Christmas? So, if we are assuming... That he's working part-time in the 90s, right? You know? So that's not, that maybe not too far off, depending on what he's doing. Yeah, and at his age, you got to think. You got to think him him being such a young age, like 13 years old. I mean, they're not, you're not going to get paid much. Yeah, something like that. Minimum wage in 1990 was $3.80 national, (laughs) not, not, uh, not statewide. I don't know okay, what statewide so would be. After so when that's, I started working, that's about 10 hours of work, which makes sense. When I started working, it was only like four and a quarter. In 1991? Whenever I started working, I don't remember how old I was. Or what um, year it was. On Google, it, it lists them in, in in order. And so 1991, it jumped to 425. So it's just funny. Right. And then it wasn't long after that. It went up to 475. In 96, yep. Wow. So either way. So, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. A guy dresses Abraham Lincoln walks in and he's going to rob the joint. So he calls super nerd over to him, tells them all to get on the ground and, you know, has to tell Steve to get back up. up. (laughs) Now, here's my question. He 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 said Steve says, don't harm my girlfriend. Of course, Laura pops up. I'm not his girlfriend. And he goes, go lie down next to Aretha Franklin. Then he, and she pops up Tina Turner. Now the joke continues throughout this entire episode. I'm not gonna name it each time where he calls her different other black female Pop star. Yeah. Do y'all think that's racist or not? No, it's not racist at all. It's funny. Well, no, no. Like, do you think the character who is robbing a bank is doing this as a racist thing? The no, it was the '90s. It's just a funny joke. Well, no, no. I know it's a funny joke, Jay. I'm not saying like that. I'm saying, do you think? The the robber is a fucking comedian, or do you think he's being racist? I don't think he's being racist. I think I, I think in this particular situation, I mean, the only, I mean, when you see a somebody dressed up as a, you know, a a black uh, performer, you know, you you initially are going to you know connect that with other black performers. I mean, just like you know, if if she were dressed up as uh, a white performer somebody else that saw her would initially because she's black would initially you know connect her with other black performers even in a white performer costume you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying so you're you're automatically going to connect you know that'd be like the same thing with if it were if it were turned the other way around you know if it were turned the other way around and i was in you know uh me dressed up as something like that and and you know it being a black person that doesn't really know much about white performers it'd be the same way you know where they would just instantly start spouting off you know all of the white performers that looked alike you know and then when you i mean you take metal for instance you know them start trying to you take somebody trying to spout off metal uh, metal performers man there ain't no telling because all all fucking metal performers look the same 
All right. We all got we long got hair. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we all got long hair. We all fucking wear damn boots or fucking some shit like that, especially like in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was just covered in fucking tattoos. You know, there ain't no telling how many times people were just like, are you a rock star? When they look at me, just because I got long hair and tattoos and piercings. Fair enough. Were you in Mastodon? I think I saw you one time. I actually was. I was really? their drummer for a while, and they Where, fired. Me. So, did you get to do the Game of Thrones cameos, also, or not? No, I was. <laughs> they kicked me out. Uh, why did they kick you out? Is it because I don't know? I didn't plan on taking this joke this far. I have no more sarcastic responses. <laughs> you know, I'll bullshit aside. I still to this day I don't know why those guys made it so far. <laughs> Great band name. That's probably about it. Like, if someone's like, you want to go to a metal show? Terrible. Like, you want to go to a metal show? Who's headlining? Fucking Mastodon? Oh, shit. Yeah, hell yeah. I love Power Rangers. Yeah, I've always, thought their, music, I've always <laughs> thought their music was terrible. And then I fucking goddamn met a couple of the guys, and they're fucking cocksuckers. So, wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, dude was just straight asshole. I was just like, oh, my God. And, and this was like after their first album or whatever dropped. The first one. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, man. There's no way that you should have this much of a fucking ego at this level in the fu- in, in, in your fucking career. Fair enough. I've never met him, so I can't really say anything. But um, Steve gets sent to go get the money. He uh, tries to jump over the thing. And for some reason, he walks into every single pole and gets chains wrapped around his legs. It's because of Steve. That- I know it was a visual joke, but I was just like, come on, man. You've already ran through these before, and you didn't hit a single one. Oh, but, and don't forget about the spot where the where where the Abraham Lincoln robber says, come here, and he just hops right over one. You remember exactly. that Exactly. I'm like, yes. come on, man. So, But it is pretty funny when he's, like, counting the money, and the dude's like, I'll count it later. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. would you like some penny wrappers? And he just <laughs> shoots his gun. So... The robber route leaves. He's like, don't worry, they called him. And the robber shows back up. Now, this is where we get to go back outside to Carl. Carl's boss knows absolutely nothing. And dick. the bank manager about being is... A fucking... this, is, this is a recreation of the fucking scene with the FBI and the fucking <laughs> cops from Die Hard. What's Die Hard? He just, just no dick. And it's I always love... Documentary... About. <laughs> I always look forward to uh, to uh, when uh, Murtaugh comes on because I love how dumb he is. He is really fucking dumb. Yeah. I love it. It's so funny. Speaking, we should call him before people get shot, sir. Speaking of dumb, um, I got a question. Why would you want to change banks just because the bank manager is dressed up as a chicken on Halloween? Like You know, uh, I tried to figure that explained out. explained in a later episode. Uh, had chicken actually was responsible for the death of his parents, and so they'd really freak him out. Get the Are you fuck serious? Out of no, here. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> oh my god! For a second, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I actually believed yeah, you, man. That was great. Super dark, <laughs> dude. That was great. Okay, so yeah, they uh, do the if we ne- negotiate, we can avoid loss of life kind of thing. So he calls in there. He asks who he's speaking to, and he's actually speaking to Margaret Thatcher. So that's great. That's who Woo! doesn't love Margaret Thatcher? It's a great song by MC Frontalot. Always a good time. So he wants a van gassed up, a plane at the airport, and uh, make it snappy because he's not a phone person. 
He's a gun person. <laughs> that was a good Why line. do people always ask for a fucking plane at the airport? I don't uh, understand that. You know, the car the car bit I can get, but why yeah, always a plane like, at the airport? Yeah, because here's the thing. all You can't just get in a plane and say, I'm going to go somewhere. They have to map all that shit out. You would be way better to be like, give me a, a gassed up van, a car with very good gas mileage. I'm out of here. Did you ever see that movie, Airheads? Yes. yes, I fucking love yeah, that movie. That to me, that was one of the greatest movies for specific. Well, it was one of the greatest movies ever, anyway. But that specific scene where they fucking are like, "We're gonna demand a whole bunch of crazy shit from the cops so that we can plead insanity later." <laughs> Naked pictures of B. Arthur and a giant baby bottle and shit. That was great. That shit was hilarious. So, <laughs> pizza will be there in five minutes. Of course, Steve says in another ten minutes. They'll get him for free. He also thinks like Michelangelo. <laughs> Wise so, man once said, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Here, here. Fucking exactly. So Steve thinks he can take this guy. Now, Laura says something right here that, that is actually really mean. She says, he has a gun. He will shoot you and you will die. Go for it, Steve. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, that's now, fucked up. What's even more fucked up is this is, it turns out that this, Steve goes over there, beats his ass, you know, and he's like, you're gonna make, you're making a mistake, not as big as your parents made. And Steve beats him up, and then it turns out it's a dream. So in Steve's dream, Laura is still a dick to him. And yep. see, that actually made me think about all the fucking shit that she did to him over the course of the entire series. But also keep in mind, Steve is constantly badgering her with, for, for dates, calling her nicknames. You Honestly, in this day and age, Steve would be the bad guy. That's true. He would definitely be. Like, you couldn't do that now. Maybe like that dude that played the piano and people fucking hit him and shit. Y'all hear about that? No. Wait, what? <laughs> there was this dude. I can't remember whether it was in America or in Europe. I can't remember. But this guy, his 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 old lady broke up with him. So he said that he was going to sit outside of her apartment building and play the piano until she would give him a second chance. And so he went out there and he actually did it. And people were fucking picketing him. And, like, a couple of people fucking hit him and shit and told him that he needed to fucking goddamn go on somewhere and leave her to hell alone and all this other kind of shit. And it, it 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 caused this whole thing on the internet, man, where people were like, you had people fucking fighting, and obviously in the comment section like they always do, but you had chicks that were sitting there saying it's one of the sweetest things they've ever seen, and then you had other ones that are just like, oh my god, he's a fucking stalker and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's all, it's all perception, and, and you don't know the background story. You have no idea if he was abusive to her. Right. You know, you have no idea if she just fell out of love and didn't want to fake the relationship anymore. You, you've got no clue what's going on there. So, like, a few attempts is fine. Taking a piano to play outside of the house? No, take a boombox like a normal person. <laughs> Not a fucking piano. So, anyway, uh, he, he thinks she can take this guy, and she's like, don't be stupid. Where to a movie? That was a pretty fun line. And then the best scene ever comes up. Carl comes in dressed as a pizza man with a Jamaican accent. Oh, man. Now that's racist. <laughs> uh, and, and he's like, the cops are paying. He's like, oh, that means no tip. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. The uh, Like Jay said earlier, the foreshadowing for the snake joke. 
happens again. He specifically hands him the top pizza, keeping it closed until he gets his hand on it. When he opens it up, he opens up his second pizza, and it's all fine. So when the robber opens up the second one, the snakes pop up, and he grabs them, throws them to the ground, and arrests him. Like a boss. Like a boss. Then we go back to the house where the hunchback of Notre Dame is giving out canned food. And uh, when the kids come home, you're not going to believe what would happen. I actually really like this where she, Laura walks in. She's like, you're not going to believe what happened. Her mom instantly is, is on her ass. Like, I, I've had that happen to me where I came in and I was like, you're not going to believe what would happen. And I didn't even get a chance with one of my parents just jumping on me. It was actually my mom. She don't I can see that. I can see that. Your mom's vicious when she wants to be. Yeah, yeah. For real. I I got to see her get a little vicious. We had to calm her down the other day. I was like, oh, geez, someone's going to die. Uh, but so, your mom's awesome, too. I just want to put that out there for the record. And I'm not just saying that. She really is. She's an, she's a very, very cool woman. Oh, my God. Completely off subject. So we, we went to Georgia yesterday, and uh, my mom wanted to listen to one of the podcasts. So I put, oh on, boy. I put on two years in the city of the living dead and me, her and, um, Aaron, who's my uncle, my, my mom's husband's brother, we're listening to it and they are cracking up and they also, my mom does not understand how I beat psycho two. <laughs> she was like, what the hell? <laughs> how do you beat a psycho movie with night of the demons? But it was interesting as we like we're sitting there talking about stabbing zombie preachers in the dick with giant wooden crosses, and I'm in the <laughs> back seat, and my mom's eyes just like every once in a while we would say some shit like when we were talking about the 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 porn or something, and my mom would just kind of look up at me like, oh yeah, baby uh, fetus on the ground covered in maggots, eyes just go right up to the rear and look at me like, what the fuck did you just say? Uh, but she she enjoyed it. She had a good time with our podcast, so it was pretty funny. That's the reason why I'm staying. I never know what I never know what Becky's going to listen to. So like, I always yeah. have to. I don't Did ever I... want to say anything that can possibly be construed as negative because she is so fucking cool and yeah. uh, she's been she you know she's been a significant part of my life since I met Jerry. So yeah, did I tell you that it turns out the one movie she's deathly afraid of is Hellraiser? No, I never knew that. Yeah, she's freaked out by Pinhead. Sweet. So, um, so anyway, Steve uh, wants to talk to Carl, says he's a coward, and he's like, I just did everything the robber said, and Carl's like, dude, the man was armed. You could have gotten yourself hurt, everyone hurt, and this is our feel-good moment of the episode. Carl admits he was scared, but he was trained, and he did use Steve's snake, so this is our feel-good moment of the episode, and with that, we end it. I got to say, overall, okay, I've been doing the Married with Children podcast. We have been going for a straight year. We have put out 50 episodes. As of by the time this comes out, our 50th episode will come out because it comes out. Uh, it should come out a couple days before this one. And I got to say, these clean-cut comedy shows are a little boring to me now after taking in so much Married with Children. There's no suicide jokes. There's no my 16-year-old daughter's banging half the football team. Nothing. It's clean-cut, good old, wholesome fun. Their idea of a bad person is uh, egging someone's house while they're married with children. It's tying up the bus driver and stealing the bus to go on a joyride. <laughs> 
So that kind of comparison really kind of uh, messed me up a little bit. And I was like, this is a little, I don't know, it's a little old to me now. Um, I, I, overall, I thought it was a good, it was an okay episode. But I don't know, the clean cut doesn't do it for me anymore. I think I think the reason why I, I found that this was the weakest out of the three that we watched was because, to me, it didn't seem like a Halloween episode. It seemed like a normal episode of Family Matters. And... The Halloween was just kind of in the background, you know, like they were just in costumes, but it still had the the normal dilemma that would be in a normal Family Matters episode. I mean, think about it. You know, it would be it would be in a normal Family Matters episode for something like what happened to them, for them to go into the bank and, you know, it get robbed. And then Steve have his moment where he's tr- where he wants to protect Laura and blah, blah, blah. All that shit would normally happen. And then. So I, I mean I don't know I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm explaining it well but you know it just didn't seem like a Halloween episode to me a themed episode it just seemed like people were in costumes because it was Halloween and then it had its you know its moral dilemma. You're right. No, I completely agree with you. I I, I absolutely 100% agree. It did not really come. It takes place on Halloween, but it's not like a Halloween thing. Right. You know. Versus, well, the the episode of Roseanne that we chose, really, it, it was. But at the same time, to me, it didn't have the feel of the others. But this one didn't have that to me at all. I mean, I honestly think that if you took the costumes out, it would have been, it would have just been a normal everyday episode. Because you really don't see anybody else in the family that much. You see them a little bit, but it's not like other episodes where everybody's included on a regular basis. So uh, that's how I feel about it, Jay. Uh, yes, you are absolutely hit the nail 100% on the head. Uh, the episode, it being Halloween made it so that the bad guy was in a costume and Lee and Laura and Steve were in a costume. And that's the only thing that changed. Uh, unlike the tool time or tool time, the home improvement and the Roseanne episodes, you know that it's Halloween and it feels like Halloween and they both kind of revolve around scary pranks and Halloween. So it's a little different. But I have to say this. She was killing that Tina Turner costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good true. costume. All the costumes I mean, were pretty good, actually. I really liked the uh, the Hunchback costume, too. I thought that one looked really, really cool. But uh, my favorite out of all the costumes was Eddie's. Yeah, the Frankenstein. I really did like the, the Betty Davis, whatever happened to Baby Jane costume, though. Just, not, just as a, a throwback to horror. Like that was really that was really cool. That's something for some diehards right there. Right. So, well, with that said, we will get into our next episode. It's uh, it's time to uh, improve this house. We're gonna get into some home improvements. Let me explain a little bit about the psychology of Halloween. <laughs> this would be good. <laughs> Just go with me for a minute, okay? Yeah. When a child puts a severed head, real or otherwise, in an oven, they're not doing that to scare you. They're doing that to reach out. They're saying, Mom and Dad, I love you. Please, please scare me. It would really mean a lot to you if I went along with this, wouldn't it? It's not for me. It's for the children. Now we're going to step into the world of Tim Taylor, Home Improvement, I Was a Teenage Taylor, Season 6, Episode 7. If you're listening to this 
it when it drops December 2017. You can actually watch this episode on Hulu. It came out October 29th, 1996. It's a battle of Halloween pranks. First Tim scares Al, then Brad and Randy scare Jill, then a strange man shows up at the door asking to see the basement. The basement. The basement. So, where, well, there it is. Sorry, my shit fucked up. Okay. (laughs) So, we start off on the set of Tool Time, which, if you watch Home Improvement, you know very well, and it's them removing wallpaper. Very exciting, guys. I do like how really invested they are when they do the tool time stuff. Like, when they talk about, you know, doing their, like, themed weeks and everything. I always did enjoy that. Our salute to lubrication. Squirt, squirt. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of squirt, squirt, uh, let's go ahead and get out of the way. Kenneth, go ahead and talk about Heidi. She's so hot. I mean... The thing, I don't know though. I'm kind of torn between, you know, Pamela Anderson on this show. I'm kind of torn um, because, uh, you know, I liked I liked Pam when she was younger, but Heidi, man, I mean, she's just smoking. Yeah, I just don't. I don't really get into to um, Pamela Anderson anymore. Like it's just ran its course for me, and even like, and I didn't think she was. She was. She was. I mean, obviously, she was hot when I was a kid. But then again, I you know I jack off to National Geographic. It's not like it took much. But like nowadays, when I look back on on her, it's just kind of kind of anti me now, kind of meh. I agree. Fair enough. So they're removing wallpaper, and uh, of course, a monster mask gets slammed right through the wall, and it scares Al. And so then Tim is trying to pressure, trying to use a pressure sprayer. But it's not working, so when go ahead and say it, Jay. What? Oh, wait, I'm very confused. What do you want me to say? Foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> uh, how is it foreshadowing though? The snake doesn't come back later in the episode. Oh wait, no, that's the episode I watched today in season one. Jesus. I watched <laughs> the episode where he was trying to get the snake out of the house. Never mind, yeah. not foreshadowing. <laughs> no foreshadowing in this one. Uh, throwing back to Al being afraid of snakes. Uh, there's a, there, there's a fake snake there. And then of course, here's the thing. Tim says, if you're going to scare the tool man, you got to do a better job than that. And a mask comes through the head in the wall. Here's okay. Uh, go ahead, Kenneth. All right. What do you want me to do? Do you want to like hit me back? Um, Okay. But if you're going to scare the tool man, you got to do a better job than that. So the same mask head comes through the wall. And this leads me with my first question. If if Al did the same joke as Tim did, did he know Tim was already going to do that joke or not? Or He sh- should have because he would have had to go behind the same wall to set it all up. Here's the thing, though. What if one of the workers on the on the show... Knew Al knew Tim was doing it to Al, and so without telling Al that Tim was gonna do that to him, was like, "Hey, you want to get Al? You should do this." And so <laughs> someone behind the scenes knew what was going on, and he set it up, and that dude effectively pranked both of them. Or what could have happened is right after it happened to Al, 
Al was going to set up the same thing. And while they're sitting there bantering back and forth or whatever, there's a dude backstage setting it up. Could be, but Al really felt it really felt like Al knew he was doing this to Tim. That's what I'm saying. That's he what definitely I mean. did. That's what I mean, you know, like. Well, that's it. it. We need a whole another episode on the backstory of how this one prank happened. I well, need, um, I need say, the Blu-ray commentary for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing where later on in this episode, he talks about how it was his head that he had for different parties and stuff like that. But the one that's actually in the microwave and whatever that the kids use is the one that Tim used to scare Al with. Mm, valid point. I wonder if that's a mess up on their part. Probably. Wait, no, but here's the thing, because they also reference Larry, the Halloween guy, coming by the show. So there's a chance that Tim and, T- like, Al bought some for his Halloween stuff. No, because that pretty much effectively happened on the same day. Well, but they did say Larry came by, like, a week ago. So Larry they, set up both pranks and didn't tell either of No, 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 Larry them. sold the same uh, mask, the same head, to both. Tool Time and Al separately. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so the boys are making vegetarian lasagna. Their their mom is so happy. Now, let's talk about Jill for a second. Do y'all find Jill hot? Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm very mediocre. She's very bland. Sometimes. That's what we'll makes me want to see her naked more. Yeah, it, she's it, never been there's naked. There's different though. hairstyles. That she has, and some of them I find attractive, and some of them I don't. And then also when she has on fucking sundresses, ugh, that does it for me. Interesting. So, uh, the sundress making... makes you want to see her with a mouthful of penis. <laughs> well, yeah, right here first, folks. So yeah. the boys were not making legendary. Legendary. They were not making <laughs> vegetarian lasagna. It was a joke. They got their mom with uh, a head in the microwave. This is also what inspired the uh, cover for Microwave Massacre. Uh, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, You don't? (laughs) I don't think so, Jerry. Oh, well, Tim looks in the microwave, and would you know it? She burst a skull again, honey. You got to poke holes in the severed head before you (laughs) nuke it. And so he tries to convince Jill to uh, prank them back, but, you know, an eye for an eye is not her idea of good parenting. Now... Kenneth, being the only parent on this show, do you feel like an eye for an eye is good parenting? Depends on the age of the kids. Those kids are this, teens. They fucking yeah, deserve they, that shit. Right. In, in, in this situation, absolutely. You know, I mean, they're young adults. They Before long, you know, they, yeah. Absolutely. You know, like, like if the kids were fucking like five or six years old, then no. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm not going to sit there and try to scare the shit out of my six-year-old, you yeah. know. But at the same time, you know, when my daughter turns 16 or 14 or 15 and she tries to scare me, fuck yeah. I'm going to do my very best to scare the absolute shit out of her. Now, do you believe, Jay, that if someone's trying to scare you, they are just trying to reach out to you because they love you and they want you to scare them? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Fair enough. So, If you love somebody and you prank them and the prank isn't meant to be malicious, then they have to expect a prank in return. And when it's done like that, it's done all with love. 
That's very true. So, uh, uh, the funeral guy shows up. He used to live here. His name is Clifford Warden, or as I like to call him, Cliffy. Uh, and he brings up the incident. And the incident. The incident. I love when Tim in his chicken hat and her in, in Jill in her <laughs> egg hat literally go, this is a normal American house with a normal American people. <laughs> like, them saying that was good, but them saying that while wearing those costumes was hilarious. So I concur. Uh, this guy that plays Cliffy slash Larry does a really good job. I really like him. Now I know oh, I like things. him. In all... I know he's in things. Yeah, I like him in just about everything he's in. I was gonna say I know he's in stuff, but what is, what else is he in? Hold on, I will. I'm hopping on IMDb right now. All right, episodes. While you do that, I'll set up. Uh, Larry comes in. He's in six. And it turns out that they are setting up the boys. Uh, they're pranking the boys back with the help of Larry, the Halloween guy. You found it yet, Jay? Uh, not just yet. Hold your horses there. Slow me down, Slick. All right. His actual name is Larry. Larry Hankin. Um, oh, I got a Hankin for Larry. Let's see. 176 movies. Holy <laughs> shit. The House a Hulu Halloween Anthology is the newest thing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking at his big stuff. What's the big stuff? I'm going, and let me go to the end and see where we get here. We're going to hell. Yeah. Uh, he was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, okay. Let's see what else we got in here. Uh, he was in Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> one episode is Vinny. So there you go. Throw back to the beginning. He was nice. in one episode of Tales from the Crypt, one episode of Matlock. He's a lot of one episode things. Uh, he was a cop in Home Alone. Officer Balzac. Not even joking. That's his character's name. That's what I remember him from recently. Z-A-K. Balzac. That's fucking hilarious. I watched Home Alone actually a couple of days ago. I know where I know him from. Billy Madison. Yeah, he was in Billy Madison. I remember him from Billy Madison. That's. Uh, he was the taxi driver in 1994's The Shadow. <laughs> the Shadow knows. Awesome. That fucking <laughs> movie was great. It was great. You know what else? You know what it had? And we're getting off topic here, so we can get back in a second. But it has an awesome scene where the Shadow is fighting the bad guy from the movie, and they mm. shoot each other's bullets out of the air. That's fucking cool. I hear you. Hmm. I just love that movie all the way around. I thought it was great. I, I saw that in the theater. Oh, he was in Gacy. He was inside Gacy? No, the... the, the I bet John Wayne liked that. The movie Gacy. You know what I mean. <laughs> How dare you misinterpret what I'm saying. But it's funny, like in his scene in uh, Home Alone, he's talking on the phone to uh, to Kevin's mom from Paris because she's calling and she wants... You know, uh, somebody to go check on Kevin. And and he's sitting there and he's eating a donut at the same time. And he's talking to this fucking mom that's uh, freaking out because her son is, is home alone. And he's eating a donut. And one of the pieces falls off onto the phone. So while he's talking to her, there's this big old chunk of donut sitting <laughs> on there. And I, I've always wondered if that was intentional or that was just something that happened that was fantastic. And they just left it in, maybe. You're right, you know. I mean, yeah. because that's just things that you just can't. If that happens and it's not, you know what I'm saying, and it's and it's not scripted, you cannot beat shit like that that happens. 
Oh. Well, I'll get to see him again because he apparently is in an episode of Married with Children. Okay. So I'll get I'll get cool. to come back to him. So anyway, uh, the boys then go over to Wilson. Now let's talk about the famous Wilson. You never get to see his face. That gag was amazing. You always and they they do really well. And this episode actually shows off some of the better ways that they've done it because the camera is shot from the side, so you see his backyard. But every time he walks in front of it, he's holding something in front of his face. Well, see, that's one of the things that that actually irritated me, and it wasn't about his face, but that big ass goddamn spoon that he's got. Did you notice when y'all were watching that that he never actually stirs inside the cauldron? No, I did not. If you go back and you watch it, he never puts. He looks like he's stirring, but he never actually puts the spoon into the cauldron. Ah, well, he's making witches brew in that cauldron, and he tells them. About the night Cliffy came home on Halloween to find his brother Ezekiel missing. He was locked up for life in a minstrel institution. And by the way, he needs a little bit more monkey head in that cauldron. Just a little bit. So he then says he's going to show them a newspaper clipping with Cliffy in it. So they then go back to the house. Al Al comes by to pick up his head. And uh, he's gonna take the he's gonna take out the cranium and put in some melon balls. But he unfortunately points out that that's a pick of Larry, the Halloween guy that's supposed to be Clifford. So now the tables have turned. Al is over here messing it up. I want, but I want to give Al props for a second because you know Al. what? Al does a. It's awesome that Al. Um, Al, Al Al's character is very interesting. That he is. How do I, how do you describe him? I uh, feel bad for Al. He has such a big heart, and he just wants to be friends with everybody, and he gets shit on the entire fucking series by everyone. Yeah, he almost has, like, a little, like... There's a little bit of awkward social interactions with him. You know? But it's it's fine. It's good. Uh, he comes through to get, it, to get his mask back, points out that it's Larry, and uh, then he goes, well... Do you want to join the ki- the kids? Are like, do you want to join us in scaring them back? And he's like, I, well, scaring Tim is fine. He would not feel right scaring Tim. So the the boys lie to him, tell him that uh, they call his that Jill calls his party the Borathon, and says his mom bobs for <laughs> hammocks or hamhocks. I'm sorry, hamhocks. What are uh, hamhocks, by the way? Uh, they are like pigs' feet. Oh. I like pig's feet. You use them to make, you can make a really good broth out of them. Uh, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So, uh, so Al runs up and tells Tim that Randy is super scared now. He is talking about going to Al's house. That's how serious this is. I thought that joke was probably one of the funniest jokes in the whole episode. Uh, I will tell you my favorite joke in the whole episode and it comes up right after the scene you're just describing when Tim and Jill go to their Halloween party and the boys are at home uh, giving out candy. Oh, before the scene you're describing, sorry. Uh, the doorbell rings, Randy goes to give out candy. It's a Buzz Lightyear and a Simba. He gives, he says, one candy for the <laughs> spaceman and seven pieces for the cute lion. 
That's fucking hilarious because the actor who played Randy is also the voice of young Simba. Yes. And fourth wall favoritism. uh, Also, (laughs) guess who voiced Buzz Lightyear? Oh, yeah, you're right. I I know how I didn't fucking put that together. Also, that's after after the scene. You actually jump forward a scene. Oh, okay. I thought it was before. I thought like they give out the candy and then Al comes in right after the kids walk away. My mistake. Either way, I didn't catch the Buzz Lightyear thing. That's fucking, that makes it even better. (laughs) Yeah, so while when Al is down there, he accidentally messes up and says Larry instead of Clifford. So the fake crying that one of the boys did just did not work. Now, uh, uh, Al and his wife, Jill, are dressed up as the devil and the angel. Then we get to the scene opening with the Buzz Lightyear and Simba. Larry shows up and says he got shortchanged. He wants his hundred bucks and he's feeling angry. That's what it is. Larry comes in. Yeah, after. Larry comes in. And man, Larry's is so good. I love this makes me whenever I see Larry, I just think of the scene in Billy Madison where he does the the uh making fun of the other guy and does the the like rat joke. I don't know if y'all mm. remember that. I don't it's been a long time since I watched Billy Madison. It's that's that's probably a good thing. It probably would not hold up very well now. Well, Billy Madison's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, maybe if if I'm on, on drugs. So they uh, say that they're going to go find the money. It's in the attic. They go up in the attic to get the emergency money, and there's fog in the attic. And that, like, if I go up my attic and there's fog, I'm immediately leaving. Yeah, I agree with you. See, not me. I Like, people say stuff like that all the time, but... That would just make me go, why the fuck is there fog in my attic? Is there a hole in my roof? Like, I'd start thinking logical about it. My mind doesn't automatically go to the supernatural. I'd be like, oh, this is weird. I better see if there's a hole in my roof or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. And that's the reason why you go back down the stairs and walk your ass outside. (laughs) I still think the easiest way to see it would be inside, but that's just me. I like how the oldest boy is like, he remembered something from Earth Science and gives us an explanation as to how fog forms. No, you I don't, don't remember like that? this. I don't remember that. Nah. Well, anyway, so they find the money, and uh, but then they have dummies with skull masks show up, and then the youngest child busts out of a uh, trunk and scares them, and the you know the parents come up and and they all laugh, and Larry's like, I've never seen a family go through such lengths to scare each other. <laughs> well, you should come see us at Christmas, and then the attic door shuts. Turns out. Al Borland can prank with the best of them. That's including the time he pranked the whole world by covering his face in paint and being the guitarist for Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're funny. So, and then the best part is uh, they finally, Al removes the, the piece of wood that he's using to hold the attic door shut and Tim falls right down. And it was hilarious. And that's the end of the episode, except for the one thing I love that Home Improvement does is during the end credits, they show a, they show um, goofs. They show where they messed up. They like retakes and all that. And that's hilarious. I absolutely love that. So with this one, I do want to say I really like this episode. It was, it was, it's a fun one. It involves pranks, which is a very big thing with Halloween. And that's important going into the next Uh, show we're going to talk about but this one felt like halloween it felt really good i liked i liked all the pranks i liked the all the costumes all i had a lot of fun with this one jay what what do you think 
I really liked it as well. Um, like you said, it felt like Halloween. The prank war going back and forth was uh, very similar to last year's Roseanne episode that we watched, actually. Uh, so that was that was cool to have another episode similar to that. Um, funny thing is, as I uh, as I was saying, I'm watching this show on my own as well. Just before I go to bed, I watch one or two episodes. Uh, but one of the last episodes that I watched on my viewing of it was season two's Halloween episode, which was kind of funny. Oh, Not as go. good though. This one is definitely the better of the t- of the two, but I just thought it was funny that I saw another one. Interesting, Kenneth. Where are you at? I'm trying to figure out whether I want to make fish sticks at 9:45 at night. You do. That that what is what does that have to do with this episode? <laughs> but you also <laughs> want to mix ketchup and mayonnaise together for the dipping sauce. I fucking love ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. All right, um, I hear you, gay fish. Tell me about the episode. <laughs> I actually like this one. Um, I agree that it was a little bit more. Um, it was a little bit more Halloweeny, um, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, but I'm with Jay. I'm, I, I, you know, it kind of sucked having to jump forward to do this because I'm like in season four. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, it was cool. It, you know, it was a, it was a home improvement episode and. Those are always, for the most part, pretty fun. Yeah, well, we can always just start over back at season one and do the Home Improvement Podcast. (laughs) One podcast is enough for me. I'll do it. (laughs) That's fine. Damn it, Jay. There we go. And with that being said, we are going on to our next episode. final. Yeah, our our final episode for the night. That is Roseanne. Dan, if you're still gay, I could go for a mimosa and some eggs Florentine. I don't cook for you. I'm Fred's bitch. All right, and our final episode of the night is Roseanne, Skeleton in the Closet, Season 7, Episode... This episode is great. Number 6, Roseanne attempts to prank everybody at Leon's Halloween party at the dinner... At the... Huh... Roseanne attempts to prank everybody at Leon's Halloween party at the diner fall flat when it's revealed to her that Fred is gay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so we So start... many gay jokes. Yeah, th- this episode was actually really cool and really gay. And I actually, I almost feel like we don't need to walk through this episode. Um, but the basic gist of this is, is uh, they're at... What's this restaurant called again? The Lunch Pail? Something like that. Oh, um... That was the only problem is it's been so long since I've seen, like, all these Roseanne episodes. And this is much further than, like, into the series than where we reviewed last time. Yeah, it is. Fuck. Did they keep... when, when, When Leon went in there and took over, did they keep the same fucking name that Roseanne and uh, Jackie had originally had for the place. I I really I don't know I don't remember I re- like I really can't remember. But anyway, so they're over there working, and uh, Leon, who's taken over, is gay. Um, and uh, Roseanne's been doing Halloween since before there were gays. So there's that. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, you know, so there's. This- are we do- Are we walking through it? Uh, I'm just trying to get like a kind of like a base of, of what's going on here. So just to set up uh, 
Jackie's husband Fred shows up and they show that he's very uncomfortable around Leon. Leon's basically hitting on him. And Roseanne's mom shows up and tries to prank them, doesn't prank them, and they're and sets up the gray hair in Roseanne's hair. Um and uh making sure that she doesn't try to fake her own death like last year, because that was a huge disappointment, Mom. And much like our young Young black Steve Urkel, there's a nice snake in the can trick. Yeah. So okay, yeah, this episode and a lot of overacting from the mom. There, yes, that mom. Oh my heart. Oh. Yeah, I would actually say I really didn't like her. Yeah, I don't like her either. Um. So yeah, there are a lot of like very very fun scenes in this episode, and a lot a lot of gay jokes. Um, like, like when, uh, they're explaining to DJ what, what boyfriends are, what gay people are. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. That was so funny. Um, David trying to explain that was hilarious. I w- it took me a little bit to remember who Mark was. Cause Mark, what, what do you, what's the what for? Uh, oh, that it took you so long to remember. It was hard for you to remember who Mark was. Well, I couldn't remember who he was tied into, and then I was like, well, he's got to be tied into Becky. Yeah. Like, I, I just didn't remember. Um, it took me a little bit to, to get remember. Into Becky. I forgot that Jackie got remarried again. I, like, it took me a little bit to, to catch up. Oh, wow. Up. So, uh, now, Kenneth, you're the Roseanne expert here. Okay. Uh, mostly because you've watched the whole series sometime in the past, like, year or so. So how does this episode stack up? What, what did you like about this episode? You know, the thing about it is when it comes to this episode, it, as much as as funny as we find all the gay jokes and things like that, it really is not that outlandish in comparison to every one of the other episodes of Roseanne. And that's one thing that I've always said about Roseanne is that it, to me, it's one of those shows that pushes the limit of uh, of reality for 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 families in that time period you know i mean and nothing against you know other shows that push the limit of uh of adult humor like like married with children and things like that but the difference i think here is is how much the family in roseanne is like you know is, is really like uh, you know, lower middle class to lower class uh, of families in that time period. So there's it, it, it really resonated because I've got people in my family that are gay. And it really resonated with me when I was watching it to where it reminded me of when I was a kid and listening. You know, when you're in a kid and you're like you're hanging out at, 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 at your family's you know, uh, holiday parties like your Halloween party or your or your New Year's party or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You hear as a kid adults making jokes like this, and you don't, and and it doesn't resonate then because you're a kid and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, it's like when I was a kid, I just all I knew is that you know my uncle's gay. That's it. You know, I just knew that he was gay and I knew what gay was, but I, that's all I knew. So because I was a kid, and now as an adult this show reminded me of those jokes when I was a kid. And I'm like, Oh my God, man, this shit is fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, so 
on on the topic of pushing the the boundaries of comedy, Married with Children for sure opened up what you could say on TV and get away with. Right. They they set it up, but the big difference here is Married with Children really stuck with its like comedy and started getting outlandish with like completely unbelievable shit as to where Roseanne tried to stick in the realm of realism exactly their show and they kind of went more drama oriented instead right. of outlandish slapstick comedy and see that's the reason why i think that uh, i mean even though married with children had a great run but i think that that's the reason why roseanne resonated better with with well, I, don't, I don't know the, the best no way to put it there's no lesson to be learned at the end of a married with children episode there's <laughs> right, a lesson to right. be learned at the end of a roseanne episode but what right. and I, was I there think... a lesson to be learned at the end of this episode though not every I feel like episode, it was just well you're right. But like in general they do a lot of episodes where they have that they also have overarching stories where they're the married children. There's not a lot of story arcs. It's mostly for the most part single serving episodes. That's true. You know. I do think it's funny that uh when Jackie was imitating her mom, she was like, "And I think your little DJ might be retarded." <laughs> I thought she did a fantastic job when she did that because I I could totally see their mom when yeah. she had her head dancing around and shit. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that so was it, that was really good. Yeah. So, can, did you have more to say before I interjected my married with children stuff? Oh no, not at all, man. Except, well, Roseanne's Prince costume, fucking on point. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It was. Oh, dude. And, it was uh, so good. <laughs> David hanging in the freezer was actually really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it yep. did. It looked real cool. But I have to say my favorite costume out of the whole episode was the likeness between Leon as Hillary Clinton. I really, really liked that. That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I really I liked that. Um, So, Jay, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, I really liked that, even though there was an abundance of gay jokes. And I'm not gay, so I don't really get to speak for everyone. But I don't feel like they were offensive. Does that mean you know what I mean? Like they were gay jokes, but for the time when it was okay to make fun of anything you wanted, like no, it's not wasn't as sensitive as everything is now, where some of those jokes now might be seen as offensive. I feel like that they weren't really. There was no mean spirit behind them. They were just funny jokes that the characters or the writers would make about anybody in any situation. Uh, they just happened to be aimed at the overwhelming amount of gayness in this episode. Yeah. So and, I thought I thought that was kind of cool for it being an older show, but not being, you know, yeah, being comical and, without being mean to anybody. And with this episode, the reason we can't do a walkthrough on this episode is it's literally just gay joke after gay joke. <coughs> like, they literally, like, this episode flew by the fastest for me. It felt like the short, the quickest. It just ran through. It did. It didn't feel like a full 20, 25 minutes, whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah, it did not. And it's also, I want to point out, there was no Darlene in this episode. And I was very upset about that because she was my favorite character from Roseanne. I hear you. But there was none. But th- there were tons of good jokes. The prank of Fred and Dan being in bed together, to me, was absolutely hilarious. Roseanne responding it by taking pictures. The next day... Where um, Roseanne wakes up and she's like, if you're still gay, I would like to have some Marmosa and some eggs Florentine. And he's like, I don't <laughs> cook for you. I'm Fred's bitch now. Yeah. Like, that was good. That was you think hilarious. we should have left our pants on? Shut up. We could talk about it in the shower. Yeah, like those responses were good. <laughs> now, I will say, 
after the I don't cook for you on Fred's bitch line, the episode takes a really bad turn. Yeah, I that was a silly, like silly ending. The everyone being bald ending. I don't like the blowing up the house joke. That's where this episode, I was like, oh, you should have stopped. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. You should just ate breakfast and be done. Yeah. But other than that, I really like the, the Like I said, guys, you've got to watch this episode because it's really hard for us to like kind of review it because it literally is just gay joke after gay joke after gay joke. And see, I agree with, I agree with Jay. And and that's kind of where I was going with with what I said growing up, you know, being around gay people is because it's like even though nowadays everybody would feel like that all the shit that was in this episode was offensive, when I was growing up, those jokes were made by gay people in my household. Goat jokes just like that. Yeah. You know, that's the reason why I'm just kind of like it is. It's it's hilarious. Like like the joke that she uh that uh, what's her name makes where she says though the breeders are trying to take Halloween back. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was cracking up. And then the uh, the other one where where Dan's just like that can't be a man. She's got breasts. Got breasts. <laughs> Great <laughs> breasts. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, this this is just great. It really did. It reminded me of when I was a kid. But at the same time, I got to give props, man. They they fucking friend Dan had that shit going from the beginning. I was like, wow. And they put some thought into it too, like some real good thought into it. I was yeah. like, wow. So, and we got to say, for for the second Halloween episode in a row, Dan won the prank war. Yeah, he did. Yep. We got to give him credit for that. I, I do. I really enjoyed this episode. I I, th- I need to buy that Roseanne box set because I really would love to just kind of sit back and watch some Roseanne. Um, and, you know, I want to ask you another question. We've brought this up a few times on Married with Children when they do gay jokes. Now, uh, Amanda Bears, who plays Marcy on Married with Children, is gay. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about in there whether, like, we feel like their gay jokes are mean-spirited. Is Amanda kind of behind the scenes going... Uh, that's a little too mean. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so like for, we brought him this up. None of the gay jokes come off as mean spirited. They're all like in this one, it's clearly like they're all, they're all light humor. Everyone's in it. They're not being mean to anyone as we're marrying children. Some of them are a little mean, a little aimed, uh, you know, making fun of gym teachers as lesbians kind of thing. So, and, and it's so funny because Kenneth is right. In this day and age, you can't exactly do those. Uh, and Jay had a good point. All of these seem very, very lighthearted. So I know we do have some gay listeners. What up, Gary? Um, and I want to know, do y'all feel like like how if a, if a gay joke is made and it's obviously light humor and it's not mean spirited. They they weren't being mean spirited. It was like a joke on it's a joke on a, a light stereotype. Is that okay nowadays or is it not? Like obviously it'll depend on per person. But if you watch this episode, how did you feel about those jokes? I think you're asking a lot the of audience, dope. right? Not us. Yeah, I'm asking the audience. Okay, I'm just. I, I didn't ask you to. No, <laughs> well, I wasn't going to respond, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't causing dead air by not responding when I was supposed to. I think I think it's got a lot to do with context when it really comes down to it. I 100% agree that humor is all context. Right, because um, me and Jerry have had that conversation before. We were talking about where all's fair in comedy when it really yes. comes down to it. That's I, one of those. 
that's one of those mediums where I think people should just be fucking left alone. Because, go ahead. You know, I was I was just supposed to say because man, if if you go into it into a situation like where you go into and where you go into an auditorium and you're about to watch a stand up comedian or you watch somebody stand up on TV or something like that, you should know the moment that you hit play or the moment that you walk in the door that all bets are off. Yes. Every, I, every, everything is wide motherfucking open for this guy on stage to say whatever the fuck he wants for a laugh. Yes. I, I agree that in comedy, you can either joke on everything or you can joke on nothing. There's no picking sides. There's no ch- picking and choosing. None of that shit. Now, I do believe if you say something and someone that represents you business-wise, if they want to drop you because of something you said, they're allowed to. That That's their choice. That's your choice. You know, I, I do, I don't think you can just go, you can say, I believe you can say whatever you want and you shouldn't have to apologize as a comedian, unless you're obviously being like extremely hateful on purpose. You know, like the guy who played Kramer screaming the N word at people because they were hecklers. I, I Look, I've seen Doug Stanhope murder some fucking hecklers on stage making fun of them. And Doug Stanhope is one of the most offensive comics out there. He will he will say anything. He would get mad at me because I said the N-word instead of just saying the actual word. But I love Doug Stanhope. Yeah, Doug Stanhope is my favorite comedian. If you don't listen to He's Doug so Stanhope, good. you need to go listen to him. Um, An intelligent motherfucker, too. Super fucking smart. But everything can be joked about nothing is sacred i i truly believe it i mean on this show we make jokes at our own expense all the time uh you know fucking uh talking about nightmare on elm street diabetes suicide jokes pretty much anything i can make fun of jay for i do i get made fun of on a regular basis i like how you lump suicide and diabetic jokes with nightmare on elm street I was trying to aim as if directly at as you. As if that's some oh, kind of disability. It didn't hit me at first. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't believe it, man. It sucks. You can't have sugar. You want to kill yourself all the time. You like Nightmare on Elm Street. Terrible life you live. It is. It's it's very bad. You are the Yamcha of the show. Oh, my God, Jerry. You're going to hell. Yamcha was a boss. <laughs> Yamcha was not a boss. What the fuck are you talking about? He literally lost everything. He lost against a Saiya man who is equal to one Raditz, by the way. One Raditz. He he lost Bulma to... He lost Bulma to someone who literally treated Bulma like shit. Who literally, like, was just like, go fuck yourself constantly. You got that Saiyan dick? Yeah, because Bulma wanted that Super Saiyan dick. Like... Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you know that when when it wasn't you know when everybody wasn't watching or something, he'd treat her like shit and then go up and smack her ass a couple of good times and then she'd be like, "Oh, Vegeta." Oh yeah, but no, yeah, she she wanted herself a man because pajama pajama pajama. <laughs> Yamcha was such a little bitch. Uh, like, fuck Yamcha. I, I'm I, with, people want to give Curly shit. Curly's way better than Yamcha. I, I'm a Jerry. I always just kind of felt like that. I was every time I watched it, I was like, "Why the fuck are you here?" Yeah, that's why you don't <laughs> hear Yam to talk about the Wolf Fang fist anymore, right? Yeah, well, you know, fucking living with a cat that can fly. The fuck is that? And shape shift. And shape shift. I wish sorry. Mary Jane could fly. I I wish cats would fly, but he then he would just fly to his fucking more food. 
<laughs> he would fly ass. around the house with his fuck toys. Oh, he would. He would. He would. He would. He'd be humping in air. He'd come up right to my face and start humping. Just you're gonna give me treats now, bitch. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. It would just add to oh what just happened wanna, in there. I would love to do a whole episode where we just like spend like two hours talking about Dragon Ball Z. We should do oh. that as a fucking Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Listen to us talk about something completely unrelated yeah. to horror. Oh, no, I was actually going to bring something up to y'all, and I'm going to do it live on air because we're going to figure out right now if we're going to do this or not. It's got to be okay. voted yes by all three of us. Once a month, Patreon exclusive, we do a commentary on an episode of the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters. We I'm down. Episode one. I am we down. We go through and we try to put out an yes. episode a month. Yes. Okay. It's on Netflix. We, Hell damn, yeah. We're, we're starting in uh, January. January. If you're not a Patreon exclusive, join in there. Um, I, That's I'll, a good idea. Fuck yeah. I, wait, 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 go, wait, wait. What? All right. So somebody. Somebody. Some, yes. Yeah, somebody has got to figure out how to get all of the episodes. Uh, well, I mean, right? They, all the early seasons are readily available, though, right? But they're all, all yeah, but them, all I'm the episodes. Sure, all of them are on Netflix. But no, they're not. Okay, well, I want to. I want to do the whole series, and when I say that, I don't mean because there's only the first five seasons on there or whatever. I'm talking about the ones that they don't put on Netflix. All right, we'll look into it and we'll figure it out. But as long as like the whole first season's there, we can go ahead and start. I'm down. Bam! There you go, guys. Here coming up in January. And if, it's, if it's once a month, that's that'll take us over Dude. a year to do an entire first season, anyway. So yeah, we have well, time I mean, to figure it throw, all out. We might throw in bonus ones and stuff. Right, like that, I know, but, but I'm just saying we're not going to run out of episodes anytime soon. Yeah, and I just did a Married with Children that. commentary for the Married with Children Patreon. It's it's super fun to do those on those really small episodes. So there you go, guys. Uh, if you want to see us cover the real Ghostbusters cartoon, uh, review slash make fun of, it's coming up. Commentaries are coming your way. Uh, also, congratulations to us, our Kentucky Fried uh, creature, our Kentucky Fried, our creature feature commentary for King Cobra, broken the top ten for the horophilia this month. Yeah. So congratulations to me and Jay Kenneth. You weren't in that. Why the fuck you think I ain't saying nothing? Well, hey guys, I do want to ask y'all: what creature feature movie? What kind of creature feature movie would you want to see Kenneth come on KFC and do with me and Jay? Is he a snake guy, a Komodo dragon guy, a shark a guy, a an alligator guy? What is he? What what kind of creature is Kenneth? Spider, maybe? Kenneth, you mm. have an, what? What would what would you want? Um. Uh... A fucking a turkey. Let's do Tur- poultry guys. Poultry guys. Is that really a creature feature though? Mm, I guess. So. I think so. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. So, other than that, guys, uh, it's time for us to get the fuck out of here. So before we go, let's uh, remind everyone we have a Patreon. You can do a Facebook group, a YouTube channel. Uh, we've got shirts. We've got all kind of stuff. Links are, as always are in the description. Shout out to everyone on the Horophilia Network. We are killing it. Horophilia. Um, we've, we, we've, as a network, have broken over a million downloads. Nice. 
So that 1. is 1.6 million. Yeah, one, it was 1.6. What was the um was that that's of all time, right? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Uh, I thought you knew fucking Hold on. Everything. No, I don't know about anything. Uh 1.6 total million downloads for the <sighs> network, yeah. Yeah. So, Ballin, thank you all for listening to us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having a good time. We've got some cool stuff coming up for Patreon. Uh, And here's a few of our shows that are coming up in the new year. Uh, We won't be back until then, but in January, we are going to have JP Shot on from 22 Shots as we battle out, is Frozen by Adam Green a good movie or not? No. 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 Excuse me. Got a little bit of coming down. I'm not even going to cough it. That movie's fucking terrible. Uh, We will also cover the, the notorious... 2006 German film Cannibal, the one movie that I said I would never watch again. You've heard me say that before. We're gonna, well, I'm gonna fucking watch it again, and we're gonna cover it. So uh, make sure you fill out your will beforehand, just in case. Uh, Yeah, I might have to. Um, And then coming in February, we are going to do our top ten favorite horror movies of all time. We each will have a top ten list. So get ready for that. And uh, to finish out the month of love, we are going back to the Universal Classic Monster Series to get Jay back on the bandwagon. We're going to do the Wolfman. And if all goes well, we will have a very special guest. You heard her do Black Christmas with me and Jay. You've heard her on the unofficial horror pack with me. Carly is going to come back to kill the cast, hopefully. Uh, and come do the Wolfman with us because she also has never seen the Wolfman. So Kenneth and I will bring the people who have grown up with the Wolfman. We will represent y'all as a movie that we love and we watch and we will see if Jay and Carly, who've never seen it, actually like it. New year, new Jay. That is returning. So other than that, if you want to force us to watch stuff, go check out the Patreon. If you want to suggest stuff, go in our Facebook group and suggest stuff to us. Other than that, we're out. We will see y'all in 2018. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, fucking ballin' ass Hanukkah to uh, Brandon. And uh, I guess fuckboy Jeremy. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening to us in 2017. Uh, we cannot wait to do more stuff with you in 2018. Big plans. Big penises. Okay, well, small penises, but really big, big plants in 2018. Love you guys. See you later. Jay, do you have any parting words? Peace. All right, oh, wait, Kenneth. Wait. Wait, what? It's my turn to pick the song. Oh, yeah. Well, you you sent me a phone number for the song. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I called the phone number. It was a terrible <laughs> song. They were just trying to <laughs> convince me not to kill myself. That's not a good song. I thought you could at least do like that fucking eight five seven three six oh nine whatever that fucking song is. I don't know the phone number. Eight I'm sure six Kenneth seven does. five three oh nine. Yeah. Okay. You want Jenny, that song? I got All your right. number. Okay, Jenny, I'm you... gonna make you mine. There you go. We're doing we're doing a song no. about Jenny. No, we're not. <laughs> what do you mean? God you just said it. Kenneth. Did he no. just say? We mentioned this song at the beginning of the episode. It is semi in a roundabout way related to my new tattoo. It is 1-800-273-8255 by Logic. It is a rap song about not killing yourself because we all feel like that sometimes. And it's a good fucking song. 
and the music video is fantastic and i highly I cry every fucking time checking it out it's got it's got the 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 dude from modern family in it it's really really good i really actually like this song um you know what i found out by accident because i've been trying to uh, adjust my hip hop pandora station okay there's a spanish version of this song it's not surprising. Uh, Logic is married to a Mexican chick. Well, no, it's just it's just cool that he put the song out in two different languages so that multiple people could hear it and appreciate it. That is dope. So, uh, yeah, the ending song will be uh, the suicide hotline number that I can't remember. By 1-800-273-8255 by Logic. Yes. So enjoy that. Everyone have a great Christmas. I know sometimes during the holidays it can be rough. But keep in mind, there are people out there that are 100% willing to help you and listen to you. And if you ever, ever need to talk, contact us. Contact me or Jay. Contact Kenneth probably won't talk to you, but and that's nothing personal. He just is a hermit. He's never really on Facebook unless we need him to be. So Yeah, pretty much. He's Mostly because he's watching porn. Yes. If you need porn recommendations, contact Kenneth. If yes. you need a sympathetic ear, get a hold of me here, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be there. We're not trying to look not a dick. We we're making a joke. But yeah, contact us if you need help, if you need someone to talk to, if you need advice from people who've had suicidal thoughts and depression. We are your people. Come contact us. We love you all. Have a awesome Christmas. Uh, don't get too fucked up on New Year's Eve. Um, you know. Try to try to actually be able to remember those resolutions you're not going to go through with uh, New Year's Day. So, Kenneth, I never got to ask you. Do you have anything you want to say to the people as we leave? It's time to go masturbate.
first breath when your head's been drowning underwater And it's the lightness in the air when you're there chest to chest with the lover It's holding on though the road's long and seeing light in the dark gets things And when you stare at your reflection finding open hope it is I know that you'll thank God you I know where you've been, where you are, where you're going I know you're the reason I believe in life What's the day without a little night? I'm just trying to set a little light It can be hard It can be so hard But you gotta live right now You got everything to give right now I've been on a low I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Who can relate? Woo! I've been on a low I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine Anymore. 